Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We are the Unpack Podcast. Back, back, back again, again, again. We were back before, and then we weren't, and now I guess we're back for real this time. Um, now that the season is here, now that the season is here, no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Let's turn those pain receptors on because it is football season, baby. Um, follow us uh, at the Unpack Pod on Twitter. And uh, on Instagram as well, for no reason, I'm Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, like, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Like the guy who said, Justice and Tex are incredible. The other guys, they, they're sort of a depressed version of Cameron from Ferris Bueller. I tried, but they're unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Hell joke's yeah. on that guy because A, how can you be a depressed version of a character who's already depressed? And B, Justice and Tex are here. So we're all together in one, one depressed but highly informative <laughs> cocktail. Um, Big happy family yeah. all together again. That's Tex. Justice, what's up? Uh, not much. It's no longer 90 degrees on the West Coast, so I'm pretty happy about that. And how are things on the East Coast, Alex Patakis? Uh, they are good. Fall is is coming. A, a nice fall breeze in the air uh, as I was just outside. By the way, are you going to timestamp this and just note when you and I are speaking? That way uh, that reviewer could only uh, <laughs> listen to the listenable people. Well, I also, um, I you know, I do this self-deprecating thing where I attribute every negative review to our show and that's not necessarily true there are a bunch of shows in our feed and they don't name the only names that ever get named are Tex and Justice because they're smooth talking highly informed football professionals and the rest of us are just annoying bit characters apparently on all these shows <laughs> I love it uh, anyway good uh, good weather talk good uh, review talk <laughs> Uh, to get to get us uh, started, big show to start off the regular season here, as um, we are going to do our second annual guy draft, picking our favorite underdog Packers to root for this year, and uh, we'll also do some Packers news, uh, maybe get a bit of a vibe check. But first, um, really quickly, some old business before we move into the new stuff. The the unpack pod pick'em is back. Um, normally we start up the the pod a couple weeks earlier, so I have been um, pumping this up on Twitter as well as Instagram. But if you are um, if you're not on those channels, which is a totally reasonable way to live your life, um, you can still get involved in our free pick'em, free to play, free to sign up. Uh, the prize is usually a very stupid trophy that I mail to one lucky winner or unlucky, because then you have to own a, a piece of garbage, basically. <laughs> And move it from house to house until you eventually um, throw it away. But you can um, get at us again either on Twitter or um, on Instagram, or you can email us um, the APC podcast at gmail.com to say you want to get in on that. Um, they won't let us change our Gmail. So it's the APC podcast at, <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, with that, let's. Uh, make a podcast about football because week one is upon us. Um, and as Michael Scott put it earlier, uh, we are ready to get hurt again. Um, so we are going to start with a little bit of news as now we finally kind of have some sort of real news heading into week one. The first item up on the docket, Alan Lazard misses practice. So we're off to, <laughs> we're off to a great start here on the, uh, on the pain scale. Um, 
I think today was actually the very first day that the Packers are required to tell the media anything about injuries. And we learned that Lazard, I guess he got stepped on or something uh, last week. Justice, I saw you had a write-up uh, on this up at acmepackingcompany.com. What do we know? How worried should we be? It's an ankle injury. And apparently it happened last week and he's still, you know, he, he was held out of practice entirely. He wasn't even a li- limited participant. Damn I would have thought it was a foot or a, a toe or something. I assume toe. I was getting ready for Tova jokes again, but it was, it was an ankle. Um, Domofsky actually reported initially as a, as a knee. And I was like, Whoa, that's weird. And then ended up coming out as an ankle. I'm pretty worried. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly wide receiver one on this team. So if he's banged up, it's not like they have too many bodies. Like it it was nice when you could say, Hey, they're going to rotate Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, but Watson's been, you know, Watson's been banged up too. If it's only those three, then it becomes a real problem, right? I mean, you're talking about Randall Cobb being the full-time slot out there at 11 personnel and stuff. So I, I'm at least marginally worried. But again, it is still Wednesday. I mean, we'll see. If he's not, if he's still out tomorrow on Thursday when this when this drops, I'll be very worried. But if he's at least limited on Thursday, I think I'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, I think if if he does end up having to to be inactive on Sunday, I gotta think you're gonna see a ton of twenty two personnel, um, unless they're you know Packers are getting into third and longs, because um, that takes away your your big slot, your enforcer in the run game, kind of out of that that slot position. So I would imagine that they'd try to use a little more a um, little more tight ends um, to try to to fill that gap a little bit, a little more Deguara maybe on the wing. Um, sounds like Tunyon is, is hopefully going to be good to go. So I know Zach, you're, you're going to be excited about that, but, uh, it does really, I think, limit the, the rotation a little bit, uh, certainly on the perimeter. Yeah. I'll be excited because, you know, Tunyon's my guy. Yeah. He might be the, I think he's the inaugural guy. I think he kicked off the guy concept on our show. I have, um, exclusive guy rights for a big boss. (laughs) Yeah. Do we know if these translate like year to year? Just yes. officially... yeah, 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 yeah. You own, okay. you own the exclusive rights to um, celebrate uh, your large adult son's achievements throughout their career. Awesome. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, Big Bob elsewhere on the good news front, um, Bakhtiari Jenkins and Big Bob all practicing. So Tex, I guess that's a silver lining. Yeah. And uh, let's really hope that Jenkins is out there because. I really don't want to see Jake Hansen playing right guard against a team that's probably going to line up Zadarius Smith over the guard a lot. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. No. I'm very worried about that. I mean, we talk about Zach Tom kind of lacking a little bit of a power, but like you can you can probably walk back Jake Hansen and I really don't want to see it. I don't want him see I don't want to see him start ball games. I saw enough of the preseason. He should be on the team as a backup center. I think that's kind of it. If he's starting at guard, we have problems. Yeah, uh, it's all fun and games uh, in the offseason as you're kind of feeling optimistic and throwing around all these storylines and names, and then you get up to week one and you're like, oh, Zedarius Smith is right there. (laughs) He's right there, and he's a good football player. He's talking, too. He's talking, too. That's one last... um, one last note uh, that we want to hit on here before the guy drafts Zadarius Smith. Um, Justice, for, th- for those fortunate souls, again, not on Twitter, Zadarius Smith making news today, and you have the definitive timeline up on the blog that I know you labored over for hours today. You mind giving us like the Cliffs notes on that story? Yeah, so today, Tyler Dunn, he writes, uh, he owns... Oh, that guy. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> you guys remember Tyler Dunn? <laughs> um, yeah, so he he wrote a feature on Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith talked about his time in Green Bay. He said that basically he felt pressured by the staff to return to the field too early, and you know the team treated him uh, poorly is the way kind of he framed it. So I built a timeline of like all the Zadarius Smith stuff over the last year and a half, like what has happened, how the stuff went sour. I mean, he said he joined the Vikings so that he could play the Packers twice a year, which I'm not surprised by because he signed with the Ravens initially, and then he backed out of it to sign with the Vikings. Um, looking back at kind of like how the timeline works, because I went back through like a bunch of stuff. Like I, I watched like Matt LaFleur's presser on like September 16th of last year, front to back, like just, just so I could like grab clips that I remember he talked about, but like didn't have the full clips in context. 
there were times like LaFleur was legit mad that like Zadarius said that he was healthy enough to play in week one. And there was like a three week lead up of Zadarius on social media, just like eyeball emojis and like photos of him on Instagram saying like, I'm back, I'm coming back, all this stuff. It really didn't seem at the time, like the staff was trying to push him there. Even after like you hear the comments in like week two, right before he went on IR and stuff, it felt more like Zadarius said he's healthy enough to play in a game even though he only had one practice in during training camp and he was missing practices in week one, it seemed like he convinced the staff he was ready to play. He wasn't ready to play. And then the staff got very mad about that. Yeah. But it seems like there's a lot of this still kind of stems back to when he got his contract just straight restructured instead of getting an extension. Um, you know, that's one of the first things you mentioned in that, in that piece. And I had forgotten just how, um, just how awkward that was even at the time, you know, that last off season in March. Um, and, and then to, to see everything sort of snowball from there, it does kind of make you think maybe that was the, you know, the spark that kind of lit the fuse that eventually exploded, you know, over the, the last couple of months. Some of those things change, like some of the things I wasn't even paying attention to. So like he switched representation after the contract was like triggered and stuff like that. So basically what happens in Darius last off season, Goes into it thinking, hey, I'm going to get an extension because I just like in borderline depoy level uh, defender. Right. He just made an all pro back to back pro bowls. All that stuff was a team captain back to back. And it's like, OK, I'm going to be in for an extension. The team has to make cap space for Aaron Jones, who needed to sign a new long term contract. And then it gets reported. I think Silverstein ended up reporting it that. uh that it was expected that in the next two days that Darius Smith's going to sign a contract extension. What ends up not happening is him getting a contract extension. They just ended up reworking his contract in a way that converted his salary into a signing bonus. And like, he has no say in that the team can just trigger it. That ended up bloating his cap hit to like $28 million in 2022, the last year of his deal, which basically put him in a situation where like he was never there is no expectation an edge rusher can hit where he can play on that in a, in a one-year deal type of situation. And at his age, he wasn't going to get, you know, bank breaking money. So he basically was told ahead of time, like, Hey, this is going to be your last year at green Bay. And then things spiral from there. He switches representation in July. They end up like reworking how uh, the cash flow of that deal ends up working and stuff like that. So it seemed like there had been problems ever since that kind of situation was triggered and I don't think it ever got better. I mean, he commissioned the chain of a captain's pen or a captain uh, patch as a pendant. Um, He ended up getting it made. I didn't realize he ended up getting it made. Uh, That happened in week two of the season. And, you know, ahead of week one, he was not voted as one of the defensive team captains, uh, three of them this past year. So, I mean, something went wrong somewhere. And whenever anyone says like, Hey, Things went wrong and people started being mean to me for no reason. I was like, I don't know. We're, Nothing? We're, you couldn't think of a, one thing you did? Not one? Well, worth noting that he did not get uh, voted a captain in Minnesota this year either. Yeah. So. Well, so is do they also do player voting? Because that's what it was, right? The players vote. It was a player vote. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't get it. So I don't know how you're mad at, I guess, the Packers as an organization for that. I hadn't heard the um, the the pressure storyline i guess of, of of claiming that he felt pressured uh what i had the stuff that i had seen and this is all the the clickbaity headline stuff because i'm working a different day job today so i wasn't i wasn't deep in it but i saw stuff about him sort of feeling abandoned like during his rehab process and then a lot of uh, piling on on packers twitter of like oh he's so sensitive and it's like i you know I, and just as we talked about this earlier today, but like everything I hear from basically every NFL player that's gone through a season long rehab process is that it's really isolating and pretty miserable. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I, I was at the XFL when um, Oliver Luck retired and, you know, you pick uh, his dad's brain, who's, you know, who, who or uh, Andrew Luck retired. And I was picking Oliver. <laughs> the Oliver year was 19. Yeah, my bad. Uh, <laughs> Oliver, his dad uh, was like my boss's boss. So you get around him, pick his brain a little bit. And yeah, man, like Oliver was basically in a situation where like 
if he was going to rehab to be able to play football games that year, like he would not see his family. And like, did he want to put his marriage through that? Stuff said like Oliver, that? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. That, that happens. Entire- There's the same person. Yeah. They're the same person. Basically. <laughs> yeah. the, the one thing I want to say about Zedarius, um, the last thing. So he said in the article that he had stayed in green Bay for the rehab. When we know that's not the case, like Garofalo had reported that like, one of the issues with Zedarius was because he was unvaccinated that every time he left the facility to like go do his own rehab by himself, he had to basically start like a five day clock before he could re-enter the facility. So they were having all this like off and on like rehab stuff where he was or wasn't allowed inside the facility, depending on when he wanted to come and go. And he made it sound like he was just there the whole time. It's yeah. like, no, yeah. that's not that's not what happened. Not very captain of him. <laughs> i'm excited because he's gonna do something right yeah what do you think he has printed on the t-shirt oh. yeah right alex when when he if he sacks rogers he's pulling down the t-shirt what's on there <laughs> man i i can't even think of it i don't know i'm just so hung up on i like from the minute you started mentioning this and then it just, it's ty dunn who wrote it i'm just like scarred i mean he's just the new jennings like he's just going to be another Jennings. And I feel like the, his, I, I hate to be really harsh. He was a great player. His relevance will uh, like, will just continue to just be as a scorned Packer rather than like a good player elsewhere. I'm convinced of that. I, I, um, I have one request of the listeners and I, I made a very ill-advised Zadarius Smith Jersey purchase in the middle of the fall of 2019. Um, right when he was bringing all that energy and and bringing the culture, as he said it to uh, to the defense. So um, I'm gonna get that nameplate replaced, and I need uh, readers uh, and listeners help deciding if I get Bernardo Harris or Desmond Bishop. So help me out, oh, Des. Man, Bernardo yeah. Harris, talk about naming some guys. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big time guy name. I, I will say this: Smith could easily win me back in his corner if he wore the chain that he commissioned <laughs> that he never got to be a captain for. And even though he's not a captain in Minnesota, like that should be what he busts out if he ends up sacking Rogers, which is very realistic possibility, by the way. I hear it glowing. The chain the is glow in the dark yeah. too. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The outline of the sea and the outline of the stars is glow in the dark, apparently. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize the chain actually got made because I remember him posting the photo of like his drawing of it on Instagram at the time. It was like two days before he went on IR or something like that. And that it just went out of my mind from there on. John, the sleuth, figured it out. John, that's uh, John Meerdank, <laughs> our friend and colleague and super sleuth, apparently. Him not being voted a captain makes way more sense now after reading everything that Justice recapped today because the guy just seems like a liar. Like, and if, it, like, players probably just don't respect that, you know? Who there were also some, a- like, questions about because he got he got his back injury weightlifting, right? Yeah. And there were a lot of questions at the time of like, I don't know, could he have had that surgery early on in this like earlier on in the summer instead of dragging it out into the season? And like if if you knew you were going to have to have it, like why wouldn't you rehab so that you could come back and play a full season instead of uh missing games, especially when it was a contract year? And that's what gets so tough because if you're in the mind of Zedarius, you're like. I can't afford a surgery, right? You're in yeah. a contract year. The Packers just kind of accelerated your timeline. So to a certain extent, I think some of this stuff does certainly go both ways, but some of the stuff where it's like, yeah, I was always in the facility and stuff. It's like, we know that's not true though. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, that's, that's some of that is under your control. Like COVID is isolating for everybody. Right. But if you're going to choose to not be vaccinated and you know, the policies, like you're voluntarily making it more, a more isolating experience for yourself to which I have no empathy. Like, I don't want to make this a vax thing because then you're going to get more bad iTunes reviews, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> he um, didn't listen to the stooge who came down from the NFL <laughs> to tell them yeah, how to get yeah. vaccinated. Uh. <laughs> I just I can't help I can't help it I, I just have to tank our iTunes reviews all right um we are gonna take a quick break uh, and when we come back we are gonna do the guy draft support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we are back, and it is the 2022 Unpack Pod official guy, 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 draft, 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 unheralded underdogs. The time has come for us to claim our guys. Second year uh, we've done this. We introduced the guy concept a couple years ago. Um, I think it's pretty intuitive, but Tex, you and I were, were chatting about this earlier, trying to like reestablish what the rules are and, and COVID kind of threw a wrench in it because the practice squad rules changed and the, the um, sort of the roster construction rules changed a little bit, but, but basically um, anyone who is a guy eligible is a practice squad player um, or a day three, a day three draft player. That's rounds four through seven. Um, and you, I think it's, I think we said you have to be in your first or second season maybe you're it could be a third i don't know what it, <laughs> i think we've uh, included a couple of third year guys if they're yeah, uh, yeah. if they don't have established real real well established roles because last year chris barnes was the the iffy guy right right but as a full-time rookie starter we, we took him off the board that's the other thing is like there's this sort of uh there's like an emotional bubble where we just kind of come to a consensus about if we think a player is eligible are they guy eligible are they a known commodity you know um so on and so forth. An example of that is uh, Juwan Winfrey, who um, we are going to pull out of guy eligibility um, in many ways, technically eligible. I didn't realize he was drafted by Denver. I thought he was undrafted. No idea. He played in games for them. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Good for him. Texas like that. <laughs> um, other people disqualified who would otherwise be um, qualified. Danny Etling and uh, Travis Fulgham. I think we're we're pulling out Tex. You recommended that one. Yeah, he had a 500 yard season with Philly in 2020. I think uh, I You're think out. he needs to be struck struck from the list. We know who you are, <laughs> um, but that does leave a um, a bevy of names. I think um, we're bad at math. Let's see, I don't know, 20, 20 ish, 20 names. I think 20 ish names. Um, and what we are going to do. Should we do, okay, here's what we're going to do. First of all, randomizer. We're going to randomize the order. Um, and I'm going to, I should have done this earlier, but I'm going to type all of our names into, um, we used this last year, random.org. is <laughs> the website that we're using. Uh, this is great audio text. Okay, And then we're going to click the button and make a computer noise, bloop, bloop, bloop. And... Uh, <laughs> Oh, you're going to think I'm lying. Um, I have the first pick, and then it is Tex with the second pick, and then it is Justice with the third pick, and then it is Alex with the fourth pick. I think we should do Snake. Is, is everyone on board with that? Yeah. That's only fair. So then we're going to do two rounds also. So uh, myself, Tex, Justice, Alex, Alex, Justice again, Tex, and then I'm gonna round us out with uh, Mr. Guy Irrelevant, <laughs> the final, the final pick. So, um, so I guess I will uh, get us started. I'm I'm out of sounders. I don't have any other. I don't have like a with a first pick kind of sounder with crowd in the background. Oh, I've got this. Uh, I've got a, a polite golf clap. We'll we'll go with that. All right, with the first pick in the 2022 Unpack Pod 
guy draft. Oh, wait, let me look at my big board. There we go. No, of course. It's a no-brainer. It's obviously going to be Romeo, who is uh, technically guy eligible. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe <laughs> this guy is guy eligible. Romeo Dobbs, first of all, what a name. Uh, we all know him at this point. We all we all know him and are ready to love him. Round four pick um, out of Nevada. Why, Justice, I'm glad you're here. Um, because I am dumb. So why was why is he a fourth round pick? So he came out of an air raid offense, like real, like actual spread. Um, wasn't really involved much in the running game, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, was banged up in the offseason. I don't think he ended up running at the combine. Oh. So you had a lot of things that that went together. He hasn't played wide receiver for a long time either. So like a lot of the things like, is he going to play in the slot? Like those options weren't really available for him on film so it, you took a shot at Dobbs just being like okay he's going to be an outside guy he can be a speed guy for now hopefully he builds up into his frame but some of the things I mean we were pretty excited about the pick when it happened we had yep. talked about yep. him through the draft process and it was like Dobbs is a guy who kind of checks some boxes um he was a high school uh I think he was like an option quarterback and then running back first touch at Nevada was like a 80 yard punt return touchdown He's going to be fun. I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't worked him in more as a return man, but they seem pretty solid on uh, Amari. But, <laughs> I mean, Dobbs might pretty, start. They seem pretty week. set on causing me pain all season long. <laughs> I think the other factor, the other factor there with Dobbs is that uh, he didn't run at the combine. He didn't run at Nevada's pro day. He didn't. Uh, he didn't do anything until a private pro day, the like the Monday of draft week, and so and then that was pretty sparsely attended by. Um, by a bunch of team scouts so teams didn't really have a good feel on him uh throughout the pre-draft process in terms of his athleticism uh just because he had a i think it was a knee or an ankle injury that he was dealing with throughout uh, most of the spring so packers may have gotten a little bit of a discount on him in round four and that left yeah. him eligible for you yes and i take advantage um just as you mentioned a punt return touchdown alex i saw your eyes light up <laughs> you're like give me something give me anything on special teams yeah, I don't know that we're going to see that, no. sadly, uh, but it sounds great. What was your favorite part of the Rich Passaccia era? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It was I'm, the five I'm, kickers they brought in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm too negative. All right, Tex, second pick in the guy draft. All right. Well, this board, uh, the, the draft order really didn't work out well for justice because I have to take Zach Tom. I've got to. I've got uh, to. That's um, number one and number two on my board. You guys took them off. Yeah. I mean, the, the other fourth round pick, the draft status is part of it. But um, just you 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 watch him. And first of all, he doesn't look like an offensive lineman, right? I know he's listed at 6'4", 304. The guy looks like he's about 280 pounds. And he, he looks like he's built lighter than Mercedes Lewis is. Uh, he's basically a, a a sixth offensive lineman, extended tight end, um, you know, wearing number fifty and playing right tackle. And I think that's got it. That's got to be his long term position, I, I think, um, or at least that would be his best long term position, unless he's able to actually put on some weight and add some functional strength. Maybe you turn him into a guard. Uh, maybe he's you know goes the John Runyon route and ends up being a long term starter at let's say right guard. Um, you know, after taking a little bit of a redshirt year and being a a backup all over the line, but uh, the versatility, the ability to play basically five positions. Um, he's going to find his way onto the field sooner rather than later. I'm convinced of that. I love him. He should start. He's one of the best five. And another, another guy we were surprised lasted around four too. I'm uh, I'm happy to have you take an offensive lineman. I think it's the first offensive lineman. Um, to be taken in the guy draft. And uh, uh, it's uh, not like Alex, Alex got Royce Newman last year. Oh yeah, that's right. So. You're right. Pardon me. Incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad score. On, uh, on hairstyle, I believe <laughs> alone. Um. Um, but uh, I think, I think offensive line is, is a great guy grab because the Packers are good at drafting offensive linemen. And if they hit, it's a guy that you get to claim as your own for like, Eight seasons. <laughs> All right, let's move on to pick number three. Justice, you are on the clock. This is my third. I think there's a pretty big teardrop. I think I got uh, screwed by random.org or whatever. <laughs> but it's all right. Uh, I like this guy. I I don't know if he's good. 
but I need him to be good this year because I think the position is is pretty weak. Kingsley and Igbari, they call him JJ because he watched uh, JJ the jet plane when he was growing up, which makes me feel old because <laughs> I was too old for that growing up. And that was something that my little brother and sister watched. Well, it makes me feel um, old because I have no idea what that is. So. <laughs> yeah. you're Honestly, you, you're lucking out. You're lucking out. He is probably the team's fifth outside linebacker as it stands currently. He might be the third best pass rusher. I Garvin just doesn't do it for me. And then Tipa... Tifa's too damn small to be doing this stuff. And I understand Tifa is out there and he can do stuff like he can run down real fast on kickoff. He can uh, be an offensive tackle on punt protection and stuff. And they don't really use an Igbare on special teams that way. But like as a pure pass rusher, I would like to see him get a tick more playing time than, than he got, you know, relative to everyone else in the preseason. I like it. Um, who's next? Oh, Alex. Snakes to you. Well, you've got you've got two picks in a row here, so make them count with the fourth yeah. overall pick. Um, this is a tough one. Uh, Just trust trust your me. board, man. Trust your board. Yeah, but what if you don't have a board? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I feel stupid not taking somebody that's on the active roster. Because there's plenty of guys to go around that are on the active roster. However, I I feel like at some point, one of the two practice squad running backs are undoubtedly going to come off of that practice squad and play. And I actually feel good about uh, one of them contributing. I'm just trying to figure out which one it's more likely to be. So it's kind of hard. Which side of the justice text debacle are you going to come down on here, man? We've been... been (laughs) We've been debating between these two guys, you know, all preseason long as to which one was going to make the active roster. And then, well, the you've rug- got two picks in a row, so you could just take them both. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's true. I could do a, I could, I could do a running back stash here. But my second pick, I was is a throwaway pick. I was just going to take just to honor somebody. Uh, <laughs> damn. Um, I think I'm compelled to take. Like originally, I was going to say Goodson, so. Maybe I'll stick with that and take him. All right. Somebody tell me why. Somebody tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> That's Texas guy. That is my guy. Well, it's not my guy anymore. Alex took my guy. That's true. You That's how this works. <laughs> no, the uh, the explosiveness that that Goodson showed at times and the the pass catching ability out of the backfield, right? That's that's really his calling card. That's what he did really well at Iowa, um, and and I think that's eventually going to be his ticket to to playing time. Uh, in Green Bay, the way that they're they're apparently wanting to use their running backs in the passing game this year, especially. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, that makes me feel good about this. Although I would have loved to hear what uh, what Justice would have to say if I were to draft Patrick Taylor, um, which technically I still could do. You still could do it. I still could. Um, Okay, should I move on? Move on. Should I go to my my second pick? Snakes to you, fifth overall pick. Um, I will go with the stash, Patrick Taylor, baby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's go! <laughs> I knew Justice was gonna take him too. I was gonna take him. He was fourth on my board. All right, I'm 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 protected now. Um, yeah, there we go. Inside runner, pass blocker, blocker aces, yeah. and all those metrics. Um. I think he has a little bit more wiggle than, than people give him credit for. I think he could return kicks in a pinch. Um, he could play all sorts of special teams. Got a tackle on kickoff. I think was probably the best kickoff play in the entire preseason. And then on special teams, he can do all the tight end stuff. So like all the positions that they line up tight ends on like punt team and things like that. Like Patrick Taylor can do that just because of his body type. Yeah, I just like the versatility that his body brings, especially when you don't have a guy behind AJ Dillon. That's why I like Taylor. And uh, we've actually seen him on a real NFL field, which is a nice. Yeah. Nice you got a touchdown against the Lions, I think, right? Who didn't? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> <to be> fair. <laughs> we could have used more of them. Yeah. <laughs> we lost that week 17 fair. or that week 18. Fair. Man. All right, Justice, pick six. It's back to you. Well, your board I is lost Patrick Taylor. Yeah. I, I thought I was getting away with it. I thought I was going to get away with the Patrick Taylor. I'm going to go with uh, my, uh, Micah Abernathy. Oh, oh, oh man! Chris, Chris just wrote him up on the site. Um, he had an interview with him. He talked about 
you know, how his grandpa was uh, friends with MLK and all sorts of stuff. Beyond that, he's a good football player, I think. Um, he came in and stepped up when the Packers really had safety problems in the preseason. Initially, maybe uh, 53 was waived a day later when the team picked up Rudy Ford. So I think he's like the next call up um, just in terms of, you know, they didn't want to expose him to waivers, right? So that tells you something about how they value him on the practice squad. He also played at the USFL and the XFL before then. So just a warm spot in my heart. Seems like a good dude. Seems like a good football player. He's a breaking case of emergency type of guy. But yep. they have three special team safeties basically behind the starters, and Darnell Savage was still limited today. So I don't know. Maybe he gets called up on game day, and you know he's safety depth and plays special teams. Who knows? And perhaps one of the uh, the best guy qualities, similar to Romeo Dobbs, is what a name, man, Micah Abernathy. Yeah. Give me a break. And he's got a nickname. Abernasty. Ooh. Great. I it's think great. I heard, I think it was uh uh John Meerdink, our friend and colleague, getting a second uh mention on the pod, said that <laughs> told me that Micah Abernathy, that the name sounds like something like um like he's a preacher at like a big tent revival kind of thing. <laughs> well, it's that's funny. His his grandfather was a preacher who uh worked with Martin Luther King Jr. So you've got a little bit of a uh, uh a little connection there. So Tracks well checks done. out. All right, Tex, pick number seven. Your board ah. is decimated. It's in pieces. The clock is ticking. Sweat dripping down your forehead. Who's you, your second guy? You, you know, I actually don't mind too much how this broke out. I, I Abernathy was probably next up on my board, so I'm a little bummed there. Uh, I figured if if Patrick Taylor lasted to justice in round two, he was he was as good as gone. Um, and I'm also trying to think about filling out my roster because thinking back to last year, right? I got Kylan Hill and I got Jack Heflin. So I got to, I got to balance myself out a little bit. Um, oh man, I think we're going to go with Samori Toure. I'm going to go with yeah. Paul Noonan's guy, the, the seventh go. round receiver out of Nebraska. Um, I just, I think there's, I think there's something there with Toure, um, he, he he tested out pretty well. You throw the bench out, and he's a an eight plus RAS guy, I think. And um, just the production that he had at Montana before he moved to Nebraska, and then after you know, kind of getting acclimated his his one year at Nebraska, um, having a, a huge performance in the second half of that season. He's going to play some special teams early on, I think. Um, you know, you might see some snaps depending depending on how the injuries break out on offense. So um, this is this is definitely another kind of long-term stash for me, but um, I, I, I like what he brings to the table. Um, he's got some some tools, and he had a, a really nice finale in the, the preseason here this year too. Uh, six catches, 80-some yards. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be pretty happy with uh, him as my second-round guy. An excellent choice, sir. Um, all right. It's on me for the last pick in the 20. Mr. Guy. Mr. Guy. <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. Guy. <laughs> you get a trip to Wisconsin Dells uh, with, <laughs> with, with this pick. Um, I'm torn because uh, my board is still intact. There's someone like, uh, I just, but I can't go. I can't go. I can't go off brand. I have to take. Uh, it wouldn't be a guy draft without me taking a tight end. So I'm going to take Sean Byer, who, uh, if for no other reason, A, to stay on brand so that I can have a tight end to root for. Um, he looks like a guy who was like really into like youth group at a United Methodist church when he was in like middle and high school. He's like an Iowa guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um i don't know man tight ends like they just they're gonna play eventually and they'll either stick or they get passed around the league like a bar rag or something i don't know so we'll probably see him similar to last year we saw daphne who i still think um can contribute somewhere sadly my guy roster from last year decimated daphne no longer on the team so um so that wraps it up sean Byer. i don't know if anyone has an opinion on that guy <laughs> I know that he went to Iowa, and that's about it. <laughs> when, when that's all justice has, you know it's a bust. That's pretty much all we know about Brian Balaga in his whole career. Wow. <laughs> so he went to I Iowa. Mean, I knew he was good for 10 games, too. <laughs> no, I know. He's good for 10 healthy games. <laughs> um, do we get, like, guy free agent signings? 
No. Oh. No. You can't because then no. you just have unlimited guys. You can't no. do that. Yeah. You, you got to take them with your picks. I will say, though, because this is the first time in the history of this show, which we, how long it was it? It's like year five or something. I don't know how long you and Ben were doing this. Uh, the uh, you pointed it out first time in the history of the show that there's not an Arius on the roster. So well, we like, did. I by no means was not going to take Ladarius Hamilton, yeah. but like it would be great if he could somehow work his way yeah. into the roster so we could break our uh, our Arius drought. There, um, which is which is now going on a couple months here. There is an Arius waiting in the wings. Classic throwback. Classic throwback. I mean, uh, don't yeah. be surprised if he's up on the active roster you know, by week four or something, you get one injury at outside linebacker and he's definitely going to yeah. be the, the next guy up and probably getting snaps over, you know, who knows, maybe over Tipa, maybe over Enigbare at that point. So, yeah, I liked it. I thought you had a chance to make it a uh, Tipa's special teams. I, I knew he was going to make the team, but like someone's got to explain to me, watch Garvin this, this week, <laughs> watch Garvin when he comes in for the 10 snaps he plays. Tell me what he does that makes him an NFL player because I don't understand it. You and I both had Hamilton on the on the 53 over Garvin this year, I think. So if I can throw one more guy nomination in there, I'd throw it in for Caleb Jones, the massive mountain of a man of an Indiana offensive tackle. Um, plays at 6'9", 410 pounds as a junior. Yeah, no big deal. Slims down to 370 pounds as a senior by just not eating his dad's barbecue, which... From firsthand experience, I can say is delicious. If you go to Indianapolis, go to his Ooh. place eatery, check out the review I did of it back in like May or June or something. I stopped wow. there. Um, yeah, his dad is a very accomplished, very, very good uh, barbecue chef. Um, and then now he's down to like, he's 6'9 and 340 now, uh, playing, you know, left tackle for the Packers in preseason games and looking pretty decent. So that's. Yeah. Ty. Tyler Brook, uh, Indiana alum, was was very not excited about that signing when when the Packers inked him after the draft. But uh, yeah, he's definitely uh, surpassed expectations early on, and uh, yeah, maybe they have the, something there. We'll see. The only other dark horse pick that that uh, that I could have made, and I sh- I should have made it instead of picking this uh, this tight end, was uh, Ramiz Ahmed, <laughs> the kicker. Yeah, uh, because. Um, you know, I just feel like, uh, you know, Crosby's old and injured and it they stashed a kicker for a reason. And yeah, he, he could see time and who knows? Maybe he's good. He was pretty good uh, um, at practice from what I hear. And good in the preseason. Yep. He's kicking him out the back of the end zone and stuff. Oh, I forget what that's like. Yeah, I had I had three other guys on my board that I was willing to draft. If it got real dark in the second round, but <laughs> Ray Wilborn inside linebacker, he's been he he's been spiritually my guy for two preseasons. <laughs> Darius Hamilton, we already talked talked about him. I hope he gets called up at some point during the year. And again, Garvin, what are you what are you doing? And then Kobe Jones, another guy who I think is probably a better pass rusher than Garvin. I think he can do some of the special team stuff that Tipa does. If he ever goes down, I think Kobe's going to end up being the one called up for that. I like Wilborn because he went to Ball State, which is, is just a great name for a school college. <laughs> what is it? Freddie gives his own Ball State. Is that uh, David Letterman's alma mater? I think. Wow, I'm learning stuff. Speaking of speaking of Mac schools, I learned Miami of Ohio has an eighth year senior. What? <laughs> like it's not it's not like one of those things where it's like an Australian showed up at the age of 28 and now he's 30. It's like this dude has been actively on the team for eight years and he still has eligibility somehow. Yeah. How's that allowed? He had like a red shirt and then like two medical red shirts and then COVID year doesn't count. You know, the picture, uh, the, the video footage of like Andy Reid when he's 13 at the punt pass and kick competition. That's what I'm picturing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well that does it for the, for the guy draft. I was actually just looking at last year's, um, guy draft text. You did well. You got Kylan Hill and Jack Heflin, um, both still in play. I think you you've got a pretty solid guy roster here after two years. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, Heflin making the team again this year be a threat to you know maybe we'll see him active on game day more than two or three times. I don't know. Um, but but being that sixth defensive lineman again, um, 
and then yeah, I, I think Kylan Hill coming hopefully off the the pup list sometime mid season after that uh, the torn ACL. Um, I think he does everything that a little bit of everything that you want a, a running back to do in the Packers offense. So yeah, the the two of them got a got a defensive lineman, got an offensive <laughs> lineman now, Zach Tom, got a couple of skill position players. I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I got a I feel like I got a balanced guy roster. <laughs> feeling pretty good about my fictional team of players I want to root for. Um, that's all I got, man. I don't know if we want to do like a quick uh, vibe check here as we're heading out, um, getting ready for this game. Justice, I know you've got um, an episode of Intercepted coming up on on Friday with Arif Hassan to preview the Vikings. So maybe you don't want to give away a vibe check, but we got the Wednesday um, injury report. How are you feeling at this very moment about this game, knowing that it could change? I'm at like a seven. Yeah, I still think Minnesota's defense is going to regress and the quarterback is still Kirk Cousins. I like I, it's hard for me to go below seven, even considering, you know, what we have at wide receiver right now. Some of the depth on the defensive side, who knows what happens with the tackles, who, if they're going to be active or not on game day. Yeah. But just their defense doesn't have Mike Zimmer anymore. And their quarterback is Kirk Cousins is enough for me to be at a seven. Tex vibe check. Yeah. I mean, they got two former Packers defensive coordinators coaching that defense. Um, oh, Mike Pettin's there. Mike Pettin's I totally there. I forgot that. And Ed Donatel. Ed Donatel. Oh my God. Is their actual oh DC God. and was there under uh, Mike Sherman for a couple of years. So I didn't realize. I looked it up today. He uh, he worked under Vic Fangio for the last eleven years, which kind of blew my mind. So maybe we'll see a little uh, little Fangio. I don't know. That's going to be real interesting. But um, you know, Packers should have a little bit of familiarity with those guys. They know what what z can do so hopefully they can um account for that and uh, at least in terms of uh pass protection and yeah I, I look forward to a big game from the packers running backs and um i feel i feel pretty good seven and a half seven and a half is about right yeah it's uh packers minus one and a half right now is that the line alex vibe yeah. check how do you feel about this game uh i feel pretty good um i think i feel probably like seven and maybe maybe closer to eight um and a lot of that is based upon the fact that i mean the if if you think about the vikings and the one thing that scares you uh in their receivers happens to also be a, a strength of the packers so i'm excited for that test yep. um although i guess with kirk cousins it's maybe not as big of a test as it would be with someone that's not him um but I, I'm excited to see that matchup, like our secondary versus their receiving core. And it's one I feel like we'll be we'll be just fine on. So um yeah. Yeah. One and a half? Wow. Yep. I don't know if uh Justice, I don't know. Fellow degenerates if who have been tracking this for a week, I don't know if it's changed at all. I th- I think it's sitting pretty right now. I saw uh Rogers's passing total for like the player prop was like 155 and a half or something like that. He's usually throwing <laughs> like close to 300 yeah. against the Vikings. Yeah. Um, he's doing that pretty regularly the last two years under the floor. So they either are expecting a massive, that's the other thing that's weird. There's like third in Super Bowl odds, but the only reason you would think Rodgers isn't putting up passing numbers is if they take a massive step back in the passing game. And it's like, okay, well, are they going to be third in Super Bowl after night? Like those things don't make sense. I hit the over on that already. Yep. Um, yeah. It'll be, it'll be an interesting game. The Vikings we, have a lot of young guys. They're, you know, first year system too, but it'll be interesting. I got like, what, two, two and a half is the line for Rodgers yelling at pass catchers this, this game. <laughs> oh, man. is good for one. We know DeGuar is good for one. Oh, every game. God. Oh, God. We just got to find two more. There's a bunch of rookies on the field, maybe. Yeah, no question I can see about it. it. I am ready to get hurt again. Let's do it. <laughs> wow. Even for like as, all right. So Justin Jefferson's line, for instance, is 82 and. A, do we have an official betting sponsor of uh, APC, by the way, or can I name? SB Nation in general is DraftKings. Okay, I'm on DraftKings. I was going to say DraftKings. I just want to. I didn't want to conflict with anything. The Rogers prop right now is actually up to two fifty eight and a half, which seems a little bit more appropriate. That makes sense. Thielen fifty one and a half. Remember the Thielen like best receiver in the division <laughs> campaign for a long time. Um, that's pretty ridiculous. You still so, don't have Packers receivers, right? Because of Lazard. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's not a single one on there. Yeah, 
it's all uh it's all vikings well i guess you could you could do receiving props for the running backs but that's about it for right now i can't um, i can't place a bet on mercedes lewis uh pass catching total <laughs> not one catch one catch 12 yards yeah do you Somewhere. think mercedes lewis's pass catching is tied to lazard at all in any way i don't think so i think it's just totally random yeah yeah it's 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 the random leak play and then uh yeah that's about it and Rodgers will just wait for the moment where the other team forgets that he's an eligible receiver, <laughs> which weirdly happens like once every three games. They should give him a number in the 60s and just make him declare himself eligible on every play at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be good. Just so you all know, I'm running out there and I might catch a pass. I'm 45 and I'm coming through. <laughs> all right, guys. With that, I, um, I'm going to hit the polka. Uh, now I'm going to hit the poker. How about that? I know how to press buttons. All right, guys. No question about it. We are ready to be hurt again as the Packers get ready to start their season against the Minnesota Vikings. The guy draft is in the books. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Tex. Thanks, Justice, for um, hopping on and filling out our draft roster here. And um, stay tuned on Friday as well for... Justice talking with Arif Hassan, previewing the Vikings Packers season opener. And I'm just going to stop talking. We're back. Football is back. Pain receptors activate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.